When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to a Voices of a Vic podcast with me, Ben Aiton and Mike Duffy. We are back and we are back with a bang. Just like Watford, they have won back-to-back games for the first time since April 2021. Um, those games that Watford won back-to-back in April were the games against Norwich City and Millwall, where Watford clinched promotion back to the Premier League. This time round, it was just three points on the road. Um, hopefully, it it's towards something towards the end of a season. Um, but to, to talk through the performance, the result is Mike Duffy. Mike, how, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm very well. All the better for coming on here and talking about yet another win. Um, I mean, it was great to celebrate the Luton win, but after that sort of, I don't want to say died down because it will never die down, but after that <laughs> sort of passed, we were just now hoping that we'd go and back it up with a, another win and, and we've done exactly that. It wasn't the prettiest of games, but at the end of the day, they're the results that sometimes you need to do and they're, they're the bigger results and like you're three and four nil. So, yeah, delighted to be back talking about a, a win, mate. Yeah, it's a, it's a rarity. Um, like we said, back in April 2021 was the last time Watford actually picked up back-to-back wins. So this is a bit of... Um, unusual territory for Watford this season. Um, we've said off the back of that Luton result that Watford just needed consistency now. We need to put together a run of victories um, consecutively. And, and we've started now. We've picked up two wins in a week now. We've beaten Luton 4-0 and then we've picked up a 1-0 victory away at Wigan Athletic. And Mike, that victory away at Wigan Athletic, yes, it wasn't pretty on the eye, but sometimes you've got to ride the storm and win ugly and Watford certainly did that. What was it, about 87 minute on the clock when Joe Pedro rose above everyone else and headed it into a top corner? Like They're the sort of games you have to win if you want to be in and around the playoffs or even higher. Absolutely. And there'll, there'll be a lot of people out there that weren't happy with the performance. And, you know, they're every right to be because you go from having such a great performance level up here against Luton to sort of back at square one, you almost think. Uh, against Wigan and, you know, they were really knocking on the door, early doors, and you thought, oh, God, here we go, typical, you know, we've come off the back of an emphatic performance and an emphatic result, and now we come into the team with the worst home uh, record in the division. We all know how these scripts plays out. So, you know, to, to withstand the, the pressure that they put on early doors, I, I was impressed with, because mm. we were just talking literally before we went live, we, we, we've conceded early doors in, in so many away games this season and we could have very easily done so on Saturday as well. So, yeah, um, and I always refer back to that Leicester City team that won the Premier League and people might think I'm a bit of a broken record, but it's a perfect example. You're not winning games, you know, they weren't winning games 3-4-0 or, or convincingly every week. And You look at the history of teams promoted from the Championship to the Premier League 
These are the type of games we'll look back on this and think, remember that 1-0 win away at Wigan that we got in the 87th minute? These are the type of games that you have to ride the storm, as you've said, Ben. And these are just important as your 3 4 nilers and 2 nils and everything else. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just buzzing that we got the result. And hopefully, like we said in the last podcast, we can start building a little bit of momentum now before the World Cup break. Because we, we, we're back in sort of a shout with the playoffs in terms of where we are in in the league table. Um, so, yeah, hopefully this this continues right up until the World Cup break and then we can come back and, and really hit it head on. Yeah, well, that, getting that run of the games together for the World Cup, um, Slavin Bilic has actually had an interview with Andrew French today and the, I can't remember the exact quotes, but he's came out and said that he wants this Watford team to put, to play, to try and close that gap now before the World Cup. Um, I think we've got what, about two weeks to the World Cup um, yeah. preparation starts for all the international teams. We've only got two weeks left. We've got Cardiff City Wednesday, um, Coventry City on Saturday, and then we're away to Bristol City the following Saturday. So there's only really three games left before the World Cup. So, and nine points is a lot of points in this table. Like we've said before, like a win takes you close to a playoffs, lose, losing a game, you, you get sucked in towards the bottom of the table. So but these nine points that are up for grabs, Mike, are absolutely vital, aren't they? Absolutely. Yeah. And the, I was speaking to someone at work earlier about this, the championship, such a weird league. It's even weirder this year. Like it wasn't long ago, Blackburn were top and only two teams in the division of, of, uh, have lost more than them. So, you know, yet they're knocking around at the top of the table. But it wasn't long ago we were all sort of sat there. I think we're in the lower reaches of the table, maybe 14th, 15th. It was doom and gloom. Now we've picked up a couple of wins and we're two points outside the playoffs. And, you know, this is the championship. We You you either love it or you hate it. And the roller coaster of emotions that we're so used to, like we've said, you know, if we can pick up... uh, you know, some good results in that. And I don't see why, I think the only stern test we'll face, and this will come back to shoot me in in the foot now I've said this, but really on paper, the only stern test that I'm really expecting is probably from Bristol City. Cardiff haven't been doing too great. Coventry, uh, uh, they've got their own struggles off the pitch. And, you know, they've they've been sort of up and down on the pitch as well, but we're at home. So, you know, we, we tend to play better at home. But really, we should be looking at remaining unbeaten in those three games before the World Cup. So if we can do that, then that will solidify our place in the playoffs. And then we can look at the top two and top spot and whatnot. But that's the beauty of the championship, Ben. You summed it up. You win a couple, you're up there. If we drew or lost a couple, we'd, we'd, we'd soon be sort of in the lower reaches of the table again. Well, what I'm enjoying about this league table now is we're above Luton in the table. And we're a point above them. Um, so with all the Luton fans, the only way they could come back to us uh, was screenshotting the league table, wasn't it? And saying, oh, look, we're still above you in the table. But yeah. it was good to see when it came to five o'clock on Saturday afternoon, what the fans were tweeting, mind the gap, Luton. Um, <laughs> it, it's great to see. But um, Caroline, thank you for watching tonight and putting your comments in. You've said that it was a pretty poor performance against Wigan, but good to pick up the three points late on in the game rather than conceding late on, which has happened so many times before. Um, this is what me and Mike have said, and especially late goals as well, Mike, or conceding early on. I just thought, OK, performance-wise against Wigan wasn't great, 
but I thought we stuck to the task. And if anything, that second half, the substitutions won the game, which Slavin Bilic alluded to in his pre-match um, comments. He said that the impact from Samuel Kalou and Yasser Espria really upped the tempo, didn't it, Mike? And it gave us that urgency and just giving Wigan something different to think about. And he actually said to um, Samuel Kalou, don't cross the ball into that box. I want you to run at people. And he certainly did that, Mike. I think that's probably his best performance in the Watford shirt, albeit it was another cameo from the bench. Um, but he was very bright coming off. Not bad for a 65-year-old. <laughs> yeah, someone... Uh, you'll, you'll get a bit of a telling off because someone retweeted our uh, quote from Slavin Bilic, what you put out, and he said, uh, hope people stop this whole cringiness with the age joke. So... Ben, you've just dropped that joke and we're probably going to lose a follower on Twitter now. But uh, in all seriousness, mate, he was brilliant, wasn't he? He was a breath of fresh air. I don't, again, I don't think Ken Sema had a great game. Um, there's been a couple of times this season, you know, we, we were lapping him up the other season we were in the championship on, on the podcast before. We were at one stage saying how he's you know, early contender for player of the season, but he's not quite been the same so far this season. And Kalu, come on. And it was a breath of fresh air instantly. He won the Manscaped moment of the match. He, I think he rode challenges from like four players. They all sat yeah. down and like he sat them all down. And honestly, it was brilliant. And uh, I, I did find that quite funny how Slavin Bilic said, listen, don't cross it. But yet it was a cross that was was the assist for, uh, for Jean Pedro's goal. But yeah, that's probably the first time as well that I've seen subs impact so well. Like you said, they just breathed a, 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 a new lease of life, in, lease of life into us, and uh, we looked really, really good. And you know, the game was sort of there was a bit of a lull in the game, and those subs really sort of kicked us on. You know, we can had the better of the start of the game. We sort of clawed our way back in it. I thought we had a really good spell, but wasn't clinical enough. I, I don't like saying ifs and buts, but if Davis was in that squad, I would. You know, I, I would have been surprised if it was nil-nil so early on. Uh, I think he would have uh, finished a couple of chances that Bio had. There were some brilliant link-ups of play as well. One-two football, passing, moving, brilliant stuff. And, um, yeah, you know, the, the game sort of uh, sort of dropped out a little bit. But those subs were, were just what we needed. And hats off to Slavin Bilic because, you know, the, the, the subs that we saw under Rob Edwards weren't, perhaps what we were expecting or hoping for. But Slavin Bilic has, uh, has, has done well recently. So, yeah, I'm, I was really happy with those subs. Yeah, I've been quite impressed with substitutions as well since uh, being Watford manager as well. Like you say, the substitutions and the impacts from Rob Edwards' substitutions, they weren't really there. I don't know if it's because Bilic has maybe got more to his disposal, um, mm -hmm. so he's able to impact the game from the bench, whereas Rob Edwards probably didn't so as much. Um, but like you say, it's fantastic for him to do so well at the moment. And, and Kalu, like that that burst of pace and the trickery to get it past those four players. I think he picked up a knock though in that because he didn't seem the, the same player afterwards and watching Miguel Pedro go back as well because it was literally about a minute after um, when Pedro um, knocked it in you could see Kalu uh, limping quite heavily like all the other players ran over to him but um, Kalu was heavily limping so I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see him even on the bench against Cardiff City um, which is a shame 
because like you've said, Mike, Ken Semmer, he's done okay this season. He's got two goals and three assists, which is not too bad. But he's not been to the same standard as maybe that first championship season. But with the cameo appearances we've seen from Kalu lately, if I was Ken Semmer, I'd start to worry about my places under pressure. Because I think before, there was no one really challenging Semmer, bar maybe Humbo. Mm. And Semmer's maybe thought, this is my spot still. But Kalu's got himself, he's getting himself fitter. He's not fully fit. And his cameo appearances, he's looking very good and sharp coming off the bench. So is there a case to say that Ken Semmer's shirt is under threat by Kalu? I I would say so. If he he produces more performances like that, then 100%. But that's another thing. He has to keep performing like that. I mean, don't get me wrong. Every time I saw him, I mean, I've just been looking at his stats now while you were chatting and he's already played the same amount of games this season than he did last season. And I remember that Everton game, the nil-nil, you know, that felt like an amazing result for us because how bad we were. But he was he was a bit of a shining light, you know. I'm not saying he, you know, he, he was turning up trees, but he, he, he was, you know, he looked half decent. And I think the championship for a player like that will be his level. And he could flourish if he gets a run of games. But he has to get himself fit, which is the main thing. And he has to emulate those performances because, you know, it, it wasn't long ago I was singing the praises of Edo Kembe. I think it was against Middlesbrough. And he's been really up and down. I thought he played all right against Wigan uh, for what it's worth. But, you know, Kalu, that he absolutely should be looking at that spot and thinking, why can't that be mine? And hopefully that pushes Ken Semmer to sort of pick up his game a little bit more. Because, you know, like I say, he's not been the same player he was um, in the Championship a couple of seasons ago. But listen, this competition may may sort of stick a rocket up him and, and hopefully he'll kick on now and, uh, and, and start scoring and assisting more and, and getting us, in, well, attacking-wise, be, be a lot better. Well, competition for places is definitely healthy and it's good. It will carry on pushing the players uh, mm-hmm. to improving on their performances and it, it just makes the place a happy place. And another thing I want to mention as well, if he is injured or could be out injured soon, um, at least that World Cup break's coming soon um, for him to maybe get fully fit or work on his fitness. Like Caroline said, the World Cup break will be will give our long list of injured players a chance to recover. And it and it certainly will. Like like we've seen that the weekend, we saw Courtney Hawes back on the bench. Yes. Um, Tom Daly Battery was back on the bench, albeit they didn't enter the field and help out on the team. But that's a much welcome return as well, Mike, isn't it? To see those two players with their qualities on the bench, knowing that they're not too far away from first team action. Yeah, and I think as well it's it's important to, to well, it's gonna be interesting for Wednesday, because Hamza Chowdhury is now suspended because I believe he's picked up five yellow cards. I mean, automatically I'm thinking Gosling just moves there and then Gaspar goes at right back. But why not give Tom Deli Bashiro a start or, you know, give him a chance at least, not just the last 10 minutes off the bench. So, you know, he's going to help our players recover. Uh, Tom Cleverley, I know he's, he's out for a little bit longer, but uh, whether he's back after the World Cup, I don't know. He'll play uh, an important part as well this season. He's, he's a leader within that squad. 
so yeah, maybe the World Cup's coming at a good time for us, Ben. Is it coming at a good time or could it come at a bad time for Watford? Especially if we get a run of games together where we're winning. Like, Imagine if we beat Cardiff, we go on to beat Coventry and then away to Bristol City, five wins on the bounce. I know it's very ambitious and optimistic. But wouldn't Watford want to keep their gears going and and want that momentum to carry on? Or or like you say, would it be a good time to maybe re-evaluate things and try and digest what Billich wants from his Watford team? Well, this is it. I mean, the World Cup's come at a crap time. I mean, the, yeah. to, the <laughs> fact that it starts in two weeks and it's a World Cup, I'm not excited at all. Uh, you know, I, I just, there's no buzz. There, there, there's just nothing. It, I feel sort of dead inside about the World Cup. So it's come at a really crap time. There's a lot of players pulling out, a lot of big names. I saw Romelu Lukaku's uh, potentially a doubt for the World Cup now and Golo Kante's not going to the World Cup. Um, you know, there, there's some big names and that's because of what time it is, you know, it being in November, it's just crap. And yeah, look, you know, if we do go on and win those next three games, then yeah, of course it'll come at a crap time. But in terms of the sort of injury crisis that we've got going on at the moment, it would come at a good time and it'll give Billich. I know Billich has had, you know, six or seven games now already, but it'll give him time to work with the lads, um, you know, that aren't going to the World Cup and hopefully get a better understanding and get his plans across and the, his methods across. I mean, Julian Dix, who we're expecting to join as, as one of the coaches, that's one I'm really excited about because we knew what he was like as a player. He was a real tough nut, you know, didn't stand for any crap. You know, we'll tell the players how it is. Uh, it looks like, I think Andrew French said that he expects him to join after the World Cup as well. So, yeah, you know, there, there's pros and cons to it, Ben. But it's, um, yeah, I, I think we can only judge it really after that Bristol City game, whether it's going to come at a good or a bad time. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm looking forward to seeing some of the players coming back after the World Cup, 100%. Yeah, like you say, maybe we might see maybe Tom Daly best through at Cardiff City midweek as well. But the other guy who was on the bench, Courtney Hawes, we've got a question regarding him from HA. Um, who does Courtney Hawes replace? Um, who do you, you two think it's our best two centre-backs? Personally, I enjoy Cathcart and Truth. I um, agree with him. And also at the weekend, Mike, Watford actually picked back-to-back clean sheets up as well. Uh, I'm not too sure when our last back-to-back clean sheets was. Um, I don't know if it was this season or last, definitely weren't last season in the Premier. It must have been back in the Championship in uh, 2021 season. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I, I think I was listening to from the Rookery End um, podcast earlier and it's always a brilliant um, listen. And I was talking about the five most important players in this Watford team. And they put Crave Cathcart in there, saying that he's one of the most important players in this team. And I'm, it might raise some eyebrows for people thinking that Crave Cathcart's in there. But we've said many a times he, he's the most important defender we've got at the club. He's by far the best defender at the club. And and to see him put his body on the line against Luton when he wasn't fully fit, and then he's missed the Wigan game because he, he's got a thigh strain as well. But he played through that pain for that Luton game and put in that kind of performance. It just shows what kind of character he is, how he loves this football club and just how decent of a guy and footballer he actually is. So yeah. I, 
definitely, I'll, I'll put Craig Cathcart up there. But, Mike, you also look at that record of Truce Econ in the championship before. He was part of that record-breaking uh, clean sheets for the season. But he, his partner, also Siri Elta, um, he picked up his 50th appearance for Watford at the weekend. Yes. But he, he he has a great record in the championship as well. So, for me, it's it's tough. But would, would you go with Craig Cathcart and Truce then? Uh, based on this season, 100%. Um, I think Cathcart's been superb. I've just seen Caroline's put a, a comment about Gosling as well. Gosling, another true professional in this football club, you know, hasn't played at right back since his Plymouth days. And he was at Plymouth very early on in his career. And, you know, he's, he, he's a bit of a veteran of the game now. So you can imagine. In fact, I'll tell you how long ago it was. When we played Plymouth in the FA Cup in 2006, Dan Gosling was playing for Plymouth. So wow. that was 2006. We're now in 2022. So that just goes to show how long it's been that Gosling's played at right back. But he doesn't look like he's dropped about it. I watched his interview with one of the guys on the media team after the Wigan game. And he said he's just happy to be part of the squad. He's enjoying it at right back. A true professional. But going back to the question from uh, from, from the previous chap, uh, I think currently, as it stands, Cathcart and Truce de Kong are our best partnership in terms of defence. However, with that said, if one of them, well, I say if one of them was to get injured, Kafka is injured. I don't know if he's back tomorrow, but we've obviously got Sierra Elta, as you've rightly said, to fall back on. Superb defender in the championship. God forbid anything was happened to him or Troost, and that would leave Kafka, Troost, and Sierra Elta out. Then the Hawes coming in would, is fine by me. I think he's probably one of the coolest, calmest, most collective defenders on the ball we've had since probably Marco Cassetti, Gabriel Angela sort of days. Uh, how much this injury will have set him back, I don't know. But I really like the look of what I've seen from Courtney Hawes so far. Um, so, But yeah, in answer to the question, Cathcart and Truce are my, the best two centre-backs we've got at the club at the moment. Yeah, and I can't disagree with that. I just think We'll see a lot of our centre backs maybe chopping and changing a little bit this season because of how how many games there is to fit in. There's going to be lots of free games in a week because of this stupid World Cup in November. Um, so I think we'll see a lot of Courtney Hawes filling in for maybe a true sequel when he comes out and rests and might see Hawes and Cathcart or vice versa and Siriota maybe dropping in. But yeah, like you say, Caroline says. Gosling is such a team player. He's been asked to play in so many positions since he's joined and he just seems comfortable at right back. And like you said, in that interview after the game, he said he's actually enjoying learning, playing that position again. Um, and you mentioning about that Plymouth um, FA Cup game just brings back so many memories. I got one, of, I got the club coach down. I don't know how old I was. I was in my teens and I just remember getting off the coach and I was stupid enough to sing. You can stick your effing pasties up your ass, and I really got beaten up. Um, but that that was immature Ben back then. I've, I, I like to think I've matured a little bit since then. Um, but yeah, good old memories. Great old cup run that was. And then mm-hmm. our mate says, "Oi, oi, boys! Happy Halloween!" Um, so yeah, happy Halloween, everyone. Um, but yeah, Mike, um, I've kind of lost thought a little bit now. So yeah. Chowdhury, you've mentioned already, he's suspended for that Cardiff game. You've already mentioned that you, looking at it, you might just put Gosling into the middle. So, Or would you do the Tom Daly-Bastrou? I, I know 
Mario Gaspar's been coming on lately off the bench and he's looking more and more comfortable. Maybe he's he's adapting to the English game a little bit more. But um, would you would you make that change? Would would you move Gosling into the middle? Because I'm not too sure if Gosling's really got the legs for the middle anymore. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd love Tom Denny Bashiro to start, but if I'm being realistic, I think it's too soon for him. He's just mm. come back from an ACL. Uh, I think he played the full game for the under-21s the other week when um, I mentioned it when we last recorded. They beat QPR and I think he played the full game. So that's perhaps why he was on the bench against Wigan at the weekend. But I don't know whether he's ready to play a full game. Now, I'm not suggesting that he might play the full game, but I don't know if he's ready to start. Um, He might be someone that we bring on around sort of 50, 60 minutes. For me, I think we just play it safe. Play Gosling in there. Yeah, he perhaps doesn't have the legs. I mean, he, he runs and runs and runs, to be fair to Gosling. I know it's different being able to, you know, the stamina, it's a lot different in midfield, having to sort of cut up play. You know, Kayembe doesn't really do much of that. So you've really got to be on your A game when you're playing next to Kayembe. Uh, you know, having loser out, it, it's a massive sort of obvious hole in the team. Uh, so I think I'd just play safe, go Gosling. And then just go Mario Gaspar at right back. As you said, he, he's he's racked up a couple of sub appearances recently, and he's looked he's looked better. As you say, he might be adapting to the game, the English game, a lot more. But I think he plays safe and, and goes with Gosling in the middle and, and Gaspar at right back. But uh, I, I I don't know anyone that's watching what you guys think in terms of who you'd play there. But what about yourself, Ben? Would would you would you go with that, or would you be tempted to go with Bashiru and then keep Gosling at right back? Yeah, let us know in the comments on your thoughts on this and what you would do if you was in Sav and Bilic's situation. Um, well, I know Bilic has wanted to build up Tom Deli Lashrew's fitness, hasn't he? And he played 90, 90 minutes for the under-21s the other day. Because um, he, he came back against Blackpool, didn't he? He came off the bench, maybe did 10, 15 minutes, and then we, he disappeared again. So maybe Bilic was like, OK, I've seen him. I can see he's not obviously fully fit and he needs to work on his fitness. So I do think it's a game too early for Tom Deli Bastrou. I think he, he will probably come off the bench. Maybe maybe it's 20 minutes and maybe um, he might get more game at the weekend against Coventry. But then again, Hamza Chowdhury will be back from his one match suspension. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think it, I think he will probably go for Goslin. Um in the middle. I think Goslin's kind of expecting to go into the middle as well because he, he mentioned as well, didn't he, in his interview that Chowdhury's out injured. So maybe he thinks this is his opportunity to, to go back into the middle. So yeah, I, th- I think Goslin's got the middle of the park nailed down with Kiembe. But one that I'm not too sure about though, Mike, is is Keenan Davis going to be available? I know Andrew French yeah, said true. that maybe he might be available for the Cardiff game, but if he's maybe 50-50, I think I'd rather leave him for the commentary game. Um, you'd want maybe a more fully fit Davis against Coventry um, at home. Yeah, and I, 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 Davis loves playing at home as well, Ben. You know, he, he, the, you know, he, I think he's got his record recently at home. He's he's scored in the last two or three home games. I want to say maybe just two. I don't know, but um, yeah. I don't know because Cardiff strike you as the sort of team that, um, you know, they, they're quite a big team, quite physical. 
you know, I know Aidan Flint's not there anymore, but you've, your likes of uh, Aidan Flint, uh, you know, over the years have had Kiefer Moore. You know, they're, they're, they're big, sort of big players at the back that they've got. So I, I just think that maybe if he's available, I would I would play Davis. Plus as well, it helps towards him gaining match fitness the more he plays. But at the same time as well, as you've rightly said, you don't want to risk him. You know, if you bring him back too early and he gets injured for a lot longer, then you're sort of kicking yourself. So I, I don't know. I, I mean, Bio, I, I personally would go with João Pedro up top and then play a sprayer behind where Pedro usually plays in that sort of 10 or that free role. Um, I, I don't know whether I'd play Bio up top with Pedro behind because. I, I do like Bayer, I really do, and I, I think he'll chip in with a few more goals this season. But I just he he doesn't have the same effect as Davies does, and I'm not saying João Pedro does, but João Pedro is a fantastic player. He can do things that Davies can't. But if Davies is is fit enough, then yeah, hundred percent play him. If he's still sort of fifty fifty, I'd just leave him on the bench and maybe bring him on last sort of ten, fifteen, twenty for chasing the game. I don't know, but. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to have to edge towards maybe playing João Pedro up top with Yasser Espria in behind him. That's what I'd go anyway. And then save Davis for Coventry if he's if he's going to be fully fit. Because Coventry are a bit of a wounded animal at the moment. So, uh, you know, unleash him against Sermons. Hopefully, he'll have a lot of joy against them. Just thinking of a João Pedro and Yasser Espria attack just excites me, mate. Um that that is just pure filth. <laughs> um, but yeah, Watford head to Cardiff Wednesday night. Um, they're under Mark Hudson now after Steve Morrison got sacked earlier on in the season. Uh, Cardiff beat Rotherham United 1-0 at home at the weekend, which was their first win in four championship games. Um, they're currently sitting 17th in the league. But also their main striker, Callum Robinson, is still out suspended after a stupid sending off against the Swansea City. Mike, did you see that sending off? Yeah, what a twat. Uh, for people who aren't watching or don't know what he's actually done, it was within the first five, ten minutes of the, the South Wales derby. And he I think it, it was he had a challenge made on him. He picked up the ball and he threw the ball in the Swansea player's face. And then he acted all surprised when he got shown the red card. And it's just pure stupidity. Um, but that that's a plus for Watford because it is a handful on his day, isn't it, Callum Robinson? A very good championship striker. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it, it, it's a big miss. And, uh, you know, perhaps it shows that, you know, in the big game, you don't really want your players to be doing that. So it's a bit stupid from him, really. But our game, and I'm glad you said there that, they beat Rotherham and that was their first win in four games because you just know that if they hadn't won in five games, upset Watford <laughs> and we're like, oh, you went one in five games. Yeah, I'll play us. We'll give you three points. That's just how it goes. Um, I know they've got the, the young lad that scored for them at the weekend, Jaden Philogene. Oh, um, that reminded me of Chalibur's goal against them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was neat. Very neat footwork from Chalibur. But... Yeah. Um, but he's on. I, I think he's on loan. He, yeah. he was at Aston Villa as a young kid, and uh, they've uh, they've got high hopes for him. I think at Villa, so you know he, he's going to be a handful. But other than that, I've, I've just been looking through the squad. 
I mean, again, this might come back to bite me on the arse, but there's not really that much of an, an attacking threat that I'm aware of. I mean, Max Watt has got his big move. We were linked with him before from Crawley, and it's not worked out for him whatsoever. Mm. Um, as you say, Callum Robinson's injured, uh, um, suspended, sorry. Um, but other than that, no names really jump out at me thinking attacking-wise. So, again, it, I, I'm fully expecting Ben it to be a scrappy game because we're away. We just Whatever it is, Watford just don't like playing away. And um, we've picked up 10 points on the road now. That, that win at Wigan sort of bumped us up the away table a little bit. So if we can pick up another three points. But I'm expecting it to be a completely scrappy game. But if we go and nick a goal like we did against Wigan, I won't care. Uh, as long as we get results on the road, that's all I'm bothered about. The performances haven't been there. There's no point in me thinking maybe one day it will click because I've been waiting that for that day for like two years now. Um, and it's still not come around. So, yeah, expecting a scrappy game, and I, I just hope that we get the result. Yeah, definitely. And remember, guys and girls, it's um, it's a midweek game, so it will be on a sky red button as well, um, so you can watch it that way, or just watch your streaming services that you will probably do anyway. Um, but don't worry, we won't tell the authorities. Um, but just quickly before we wrap it up as well, I'm not going to ask you for a um, score position, Mike, I'm actually going to talk to you about another subject that I don't think many people have actually talked about, and it's actually quite big news with Watford. Um, the Pozzo family are in advanced talks to sell a significant stake of Indonesia to a US investor. Uh, the deal is expected to include a 10% stake in Watford. That's quite, that's massive news, Mike, isn't it? And, and it's they're reporting it to be advanced talks as well. So it's maybe quite far down the line. And I think there's also rumours of they'll be involved with a Spanish third tier side as well. Uh, Sabadell as well, which is just a couple of miles away from Barcelona. Um, So that's interesting as well. We know the Pozos like to have free clubs. Um, But yeah, maybe an investor coming on to help out the Pozo family. And that'd be good news for Watford Football Club. Yeah, it will, and it shows that they obviously listen to Voices of the Vic because I've been banging on about this for a long time. As I've said, West Ham and Southampton have had it recently. They'll have someone that's bought shares in the club and they'll pump some money in. I mean, people have to set realistic expectations with this as well. If, if they're getting a 10% stake in the club, they're not going to be pumping in millions and millions because they've only owned 10% of it. You know, I think some people might think, oh, an American investor... They, they, they might have a decent amount of money they're going to spend X, Y, Z. But if you only own 10% of the club, you're not going to be like, well, I'll spend my millions and millions. So, um, But it will be good to have someone that will maybe be able to bolster the finances that the, the Pozzos have currently got at the moment, add a little bit more, maybe a, a few more million. I don't know how much they're, they're looking at investing into the club. But this is what we need, you know. Um, maybe they, they will shed new light on a, a bit of direction where they want to go. Again, they probably can't have too much say because they've only got a 10% stake. But yeah, it is, it is big news. And I think mainly it's more to do with this Sabadell that they're, they're, they're taking over in, in Spain. I think they've got more of a stake in Sabadell. Uh, and I think as well, they're selling some of the shares to Udinese. I think they're selling more of the shares, the stakes, sorry, of Udinese than they are uh, us, but yeah, it is big news. It, it's interesting to see what what could happen and where where it's going to go from here. But 
yeah, um, I, I'm looking forward to to buying more obscure uh, football kits and football merchandise for a new team. I, I, I already have various Udinese. I've got an Udinese training top. I've got an Udinese rucksack that I use when I when I travel every week for for my football or to my missies. So uh, I'll be on the Sabadell website soon when that deal goes through, looking at what I can buy for them. Uh, but no, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I was expecting you to say you had the Indonesi water bottle as well. I, we I tried getting one, but I, I can't get my hands on one at all. <laughs> um, they're, they're missing out there in the market. Oh, just while well, we're on like the the topic of like things you would sell in a club shop, did you see the Watford released a shirt now um, for Absolutely. to celebrate Watford beating Luton 4-0? I uh, did see that, yeah. It has a Watford badge on it, and then it's got Vicarage Road, the date, and then it says it's happened again, and then it also says 4 0 Watford, um, which is absolutely class. And they've jumped on that really quickly. I imagine that's going to get lots of sales. Um, maybe we should get one each, Mike, as well, and just wear it for an appearance, just shits and gigs. Well, I'm going down for the first time in what feels like forever uh, on Saturday, so I, uh, I might have to uh, make a cheeky purchase. Yeah. Yeah, don't worry, um, everyone. Mike's coming down, but he's he's going to be on his best behaviour. He's taking his misses for his first her first Watford game. Um, I don't think he'll be able to buy anyone a drink afterwards because she's got her eyes on the Watford shirt, and he's going to be skin afterwards. Um, but yeah, we'll wrap it up there. Um, thank you everyone for watching tonight and um, commenting and getting involved. Don't forget to hit the like button and subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, me and Mike will be back probably to discuss the review for the Coventry City game. I don't think we'll be able to do the Cardiff City one. It would be a bit tight to do it Thursday evening um, and then it would only have to give it 48 hours before the next game. So I think we're going to give that one a miss. Um, but yeah, we'll be back maybe for Sunday or Monday night next week to discuss the Coventry City game. Uh, stay safe, everyone, and come on, you always. Sports Social Podcast Network.